Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We would like to thank each and every person who's listening in today. We are so glad you decided to join us. And I hope you have something warm to sip on as you listen. We'll be getting into this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? So my thorn this last week has been a bit of scrambling to get ready for a course that I'm adjunct teaching this spring. It actually starts tomorrow, so I haven't had a lot of time after Christmas break to get set. Um, It's an online course with a learning management system that I haven't worked with before, so I have to get used to that as well as having, you know, the content and the syllabus to refresh myself on. Um, I am looking forward to the opportunity. It's just been a few days of intensive focus to get things squared away so students have what they need to get started off on the right foot and I feel ready to go. So it's a little bit of crazy. Um, But my rose is that my husband and I just celebrated six years of marriage. So yeah, super exciting. (laughs) Um, And as a special outing to celebrate together, we went to one of our favorite restaurants for a fabulous brunch. It's Middle Eastern food, so we got to have a wonderful array of unique flavors and dishes that we don't typically find in other restaurants um, or even at our dinner table, at least not until we get inspired and figure out how to make them (laughs) ourselves. Um, So we we actually had a morning wedding and we served brunch at, at the wedding for our guests. So it was really cool to get to celebrate in this particular way by having brunch together. It felt Mm. very fitting. (laughs) That is so unique. I've also never even thought about what Middle Eastern brunch looks like. What were some of the things that you guys had or like were on the menu? Yeah. So there was tons of savory things as well as some sweet. So on on the sweet side, they had little bits of baklava and like um, various like assorted cookies and little coffee cake bites and things and even like stuff with like saffron and and like date or fig paste things that were very um unique to those flavor profiles even like a turmeric and um apricot scones so things that were um not overly sweet and and featured you know flavors and, and ingredients from that area of the world and then as far as the savories went it was anything from like you know hummus and muhammara mm-hmm. and um, whipped feta dip and things like that to oh. like different like smoked fishes and lamb and pickled vegetables like shakshuka lots of bread wow. things like it just honestly goes on and on it was <laughs> such an impressive spread it was really a lot of fun <laughs> that is the most unique brunch experience I've ever heard <laughs> quite um, unique yeah 
Well, my thorn this week has been just some really freezing cold weather that we've been getting that has kept us from even leaving the house, honestly. Normally, when we're here in Colorado, we like to go on peaceful walks and little hikes and basically everything that you can't do in New York, we really like to try to take advantage while we're here. But sadly, this year, it's just been next to impossible to get out of the house and the snow has been sticking around much longer and it's just been too icy and treacherous. But interestingly, this actually leads me to my rose. So instead of taking walks outside, we have taken to blasting some music and just marching around the house to get at least a few steps. I love it. That's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> the magic number that we're always like, let's try to do this is 10,000 steps, but we really don't typically get there. <laughs> Um, but oddly, it's just been really fun to um, just do this with my husband and my mother-in-law. And we just march around the house to the beat and we'll sing along to the songs and laugh. So great. And, <laughs> yeah. Just like put on a Disney playlist and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're just like, okay, these are the songs with the good beats. Like, no, don't play that one. It's too slow. It's not the walking like speed, right. you know? right. Um, and we'll laugh when we almost crash into each other. And we've all just made the most of it despite the unforgiving weather and actually made some fun memories along the way. Way to go. So creative. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And also, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Or if you are on our Wallflower Journal website, you can go to the podcast tab and there's a little section where you can fill out your question there. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. Okay. So let's move on to our letter for today, which asks the question of how to rekindle a romance that's been lost. Dear Wallflower, I recently left an engagement to a guy I realized I could not marry. However, there was a kind, godly, angelic man who loved me, and I knew it. I feel like I have broken the angelic man's heart. All this time I was spending with the other guy, all this time he loved me, and I knew it, yet I still kept pursuing him, the wrong guy, all the time I spent running away. Now that I am no longer engaged, and I really do want to start a good relationship with the angelic man, but I feel like I can't face him. How can I restore our, my relationship with the angelic man? I know he wants me back. I just feel a little lost, and truthfully, I don't know how to bring up the topic. I love him and really want to get back together. Any tips? Longingly, Belle. All right, Jessica. So what are your thoughts for our writer today? I feel honored that Belle would write in and trust us with this question. Her main question is this. How can I restore a relationship with the, quote, angelic man? She admits she doesn't know how to bring up the topic. My initial thoughts are to let him broach the topic at least insofar as this includes a romantic trajectory. If Belle has reason to believe that he, quote, wants her back, which I take to mean that he still has feelings for her and would likely act on those feelings, then I would lean to the side of letting him make the first move. Again, at least as far as any romantic relationship is concerned. Now, this doesn't mean that Belle should avoid restoring any relationship with him from her end, 
I encourage her to foster and assuming this may be necessary, repair that friendship at the same time in line with my suggestion to let the angelic man be the one to lead into anything potentially romantic and exclusive in nature. I would advise that Belle be appropriately cautious and mindful about how she goes about fostering and repairing this friendship based on what she shared Um, There is a good chance that the angelic man has experienced a deal of hurt. He may also feel some measure of disappointment in Belle if he essentially watched her pursue who she refers to as the wrong guy to the point of being engaged. This is not a trifle. This is serious stuff and, and deserves to be handled with great care. As she seeks to restore a friendship with the angelic man, I encourage her to keep um, in the front of her mind how he may be feeling what he may need, um, et cetera. This will take both empathetic imagination on her part, as well as active listening. And all this considered, however, I would actually advise Belle to begin not with the relationship, but first with herself. There is likely a lot of internal work that needs to be done before she'll be ready for another romantic relationship, even if she thinks she may have a pretty solid idea of with whom she would like that to be. While I have never been in this particular situation, I have been engaged, and I honestly cannot imagine the pain, confusion, and for lack of a better term, mess of ending an engagement. I want to seriously commend Belle for taking the difficult step of breaking off an engagement that she did not see leading to a healthy marriage. However, the end of a relationship is not the end of the work to be done. I don't know the time frame concerning when Belle ended this engagement, um, how long she has known the angelic man, or even what her relationship was like with him prior to now. But I do imagine that Belle has needed and may still need to process through a lot of grief and confusion, and perhaps even some shame. This requires vulnerability, space, and time, so it can't be rushed. Belle, I would also say that you may want to see a counselor to help you process through this life season. While Kelia and I are certainly honored um, to be able to offer you some advice here, we are not licensed professionals and that kind of care may be what you most need right now. So I would say consider that. When you do feel ready to reconnect with the angelic man on a friend level, I would advise letting what your relationship with him was like before your dating relationship um, an engagement to the other guy, um, let the, where your relationship w- with him was beforehand be a helpful guide for what to aim for or what to expect, at least to some extent. Overall, I suggest positioning yourself to develop a healthy friendship of mutual respect and trust, and then be open to how it could grow from there. Again, I would say aim to let him be the leader with regard to the direction of the relationship. So here are some things that you can do um, as you pursue that. Take a posture of humility. Don't make excuses for your past decisions. Own them and move forward. Spend more time listening to him than attempting to explain anything past. Perhaps even ask him if he has any particular questions for you. Even though I'm not advocating that Belle be the one to broach the topic of a potential um, romantic relationship with the angelic man, I do think that there can be an appropriate way for her to acknowledge the feelings she knew that he had for her all along and apologize for ways that she may have hurt him. This communicates that she sees him, that she is sorry, and that she desires to repair that relationship. 
And one thing that I would say, which I feel is unfortunate that I have to say it is please don't do any of this through digital media. For some of us, writing things out on paper can be super helpful. So it may be that you need to handwrite something in your journal or on a piece of paper to get your thoughts down, or possibly even send a letter by snail mail if you don't think that meeting in person is quite an option just yet. But if at all possible, communicate these things in person. Reach out and say that you'd like to meet for coffee or for a walk somewhere. Don't text your apology. Please just do not do that relationships need to be repaired with facial cues, voices, body language, and when possible, shared geographical space. So our dear Belle, it sounds like your heart has truly gone through the ringer. And I think your angelic man's heart has too. It is my prayer that you are both able to heal from past hurts, to foster a rich friendship of mutual trust and respect, And if God so wills it to be, that you may find your friendship blossom into a fuller bloom of love in good time. Amazing advice. I I agree with so much of what you said. And honestly, I had a lot of thoughts when I read this letter to the point where I said, okay, wait, which things am I going to try to focus on here? So um, I'm gathering from this letter that there's at least some history between you two, though, how much is not specified. So I don't know how long our writer dated the angelic man or how long she was engaged for. So I'm going to try to speak generally while answering the questions that I know you have. So my first thought when reading this letter was that, similarly to what Jessica said, ending an engagement is not normally something we recover from quickly. Being engaged to someone, we obviously began the process of melding our lives with this person. And that holds a lot of emotional weight. So I first want to encourage our writer to take time to heal from that, even seek professional help if she thinks that would be beneficial. The end of any relationship, especially one that was on the very, very... um, narrow path to marriage engagement leaves us in an incredibly delicate state, even if it was your decision to end it. Coming to that decision likely was not an easy one either, even if you feel peace about it now. So it may behoove our writer to take some time to breathe and grieve before getting into another relationship or even thinking about that. Now, getting on to what she calls the angelic man, I think there is a good chance that our writer's instinct that he's heartbroken is correct. However long their uh, relationship was, it cannot be easy to watch the person you love become engaged to someone else. This means that even if he still loves her, he might have more than a few emotions swirling around that could make it really challenging to get back into the relationship. He might feel really confused right now. So I want to encourage our writer to take this into account as she attempts to rekindle their relationship, even just on a level of friendship. It may not be linear, simple, or straightforward. There are always so many variables and complexities to navigate when we try to restore any kind of relationship, especially a romance. Now, there's a portion of her letter that reads, all of that time that I spent running away. I find the phrasing here really, really interesting. 
I don't know why or what our writer was running away from. Only she does. But I think it's important to explore that. I want to caution her here. Think about what caused you to run away as you put it in the first place. Ask yourself if this is relevant to you anymore or if something has changed. I say this because oftentimes when we end one relationship, we look back on our past relationships with rose-colored glasses. We can easily fall into a grass-is-greener mentality. So before our writer approaches the angelic man, I think it would be prudent to honestly ask herself if she wouldn't run again. Hmm. Next, I want to get into some more practical advice. Our writer expressed that she isn't sure how to even bring up her desire to get back together. This is certainly a tricky conversation to initiate and navigate. And while I don't know the last time our writer spoke to her ex from the amount that I know about the situation, I might suggest asking him to get coffee. As Jessica said, I think face-to-face is most appropriate for for a conversation this delicate. And before I get into my thoughts on the actual conversation, while our writer says she is sure that her ex wants to get back together, one thing I want to prepare her for is that first, he may not want to. Or second, maybe he does want to get back together, but he might want to take things slowly. It's really important to prepare ourselves for a myriad of outcomes. As for the actual conversation, though, I don't know if he knows the engagement has been called off, but assuming he does, I think it would be helpful to begin with an apology of a sort. Again, face-to-face would be best. Our writer expresses that she knows her ex is hurt and what he might appreciate before a proposal to restore the relationship is a good old-fashioned, I'm sorry. Try to be specific in your apology. I am sorry for this, that, and the other. This will help him feel understood and cared for and safe continuing a friendship or a relationship. Another thought I have is it may be wise to allow this conversation or meeting to focus on simply reconnecting rather than bringing up getting back together. I think whether or not it's smart to bring it up is very case by case. And I don't have quite enough information to know if it would be natural or not. But it may be wise for a writer to take her time building the relationship back. And for the time being, restoring her friendship with him before they dive back into a relationship, allowing things to progress naturally rather than attempting to make up for lost time. However, if a writer wants to know, wants to let him know that she is at least open to getting back together. I think this could be gotten across by saying something along the lines of, please don't feel pressure to say anything now, but I want you to know that I have missed you and I still have feelings for you. I would like to explore the possibility of getting back together if you are interested in that. Assuming all of this goes well and they get back together, I want to bring something else to our writer's attention. The angelic man may continue to be hurt by the engagement, even after you two talk about it and begin your relationship again. He might continue to need reassurance that you choose him and even feel the freedom to talk about and process his hurt with you. 
This isn't to say that you should be apologizing or being made to feel guilty forever, but instead that it may take time for him to get past that hurt. I want to wrap this up by saying that restoring a relationship is going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort. And most of us wish things could just go back to the way they were overnight, but it's just going to take some time to rekindle things. And I wish our writer the best of luck in this pursuit. Mm -hmm. All right. So it's time for the maybe suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? Well, in line with the Middle Eastern theme of my anniversary of Celebration Food, I wanted to recommend a recipe that Mm. I developed based on a favorite veg and nut spread or dip called muhamara. So this dip is typically made with red bell peppers, but my version features beets, which may be a little bit of a surprise, Um, but it is this beautiful, vibrant magenta color, and that's just a great way to make use of beets. Um, You can find this beet recipe on my blog, and we'll link, link to that, as Kelia said. And it's just such a fun way to eat this, you know, fun purple vegetable. And when you, whether you love them or even if you're a little bit unsure about them, it's a great way to use them. Um, I suggest you give it a try, regardless of how you feel about beets. It actually could be your um, pathway into liking beets because it's not as, you know, intense as just eating one plain. Um, and if you just cannot stomach beets and you want to make it the traditional way, then you can just use my recipe to um, substitute the beets for three roasted red bell peppers instead and just make it that way or make both, you know, so anyway, yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You can't just have one type of muhammara. You need to have multiple. (laughs) (laughs) This is very intriguing to me. I have thus far not been a beet person. So maybe I'll just have to try this recipe and maybe I will become a beet person. Maybe so. Um, this week, I am suggesting a lovely tea. I am not, I'm sure that I am not the only person who's been relying on many cuppas to stay warm. So this tea is called Yorkshire Tea Bedtime Brew. And it's the perfect thing to sip on as you read before bed or sit in a hot bath because it doesn't have any caffeine. And it has the tints of vanilla and nutmeg, which is just so lovely and cozy. And it makes it just a little bit special and different from your normal cups of tea or coffee throughout the day. So definitely try the Yorkshire Bedtime Brew the next time you are craving something warm before you go to bed. To wrap this episode up, Jessica, how can listeners get in contact with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.